Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. Before we get to the episode, so far I've given you 70 episodes and over a year and a half of free content. So please support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating wherever you listen and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And always remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. Today's topic is root causes of inflammatory bowel disease overview. Now, I just want to make a couple announcements. And I just want to say again that Instagram does not like me. (laughs) I do not receive messages from you sometimes, or I receive them a week late. I had a message pop up. Someone who complimented my first podcast, I swear you guys, pop up probably about a month ago from 2020. I was mortified. When I say mortified, I answered this person and I apologized <laughs> because they said the nicest things and I, they write me again, I'm going to offer them something free. I haven't decided, but I will. Anyway, so if you haven't heard from me via Instagram DM, it's not my fault, blame the Insta and email me instead at freespiritpodcasts, that's with an S, at gmail.com. Okay, welcome to my root causes of IBD series, especially if you've come from Natural Awakenings magazine. I'm so happy that you're joining our global community. Here are 10 causes of IBD, including UC or ulcerative colitis. So let's go through them one by one, because if you're newer to this, or even my listeners who have been with me for a year and a half, this is a really good refresher. Because as I said in the Natural Awakenings article, if you don't find that root cause of your UC, then you could be spinning your wheels for years. And that's often what happens. Or what happens is you get to, hey, I feel 70% better and I'm doing well but I want to be doing great. And I just can't get past that mark to feel great. And that's why we need to find the root cause. And once we do, it's a game changer. It has been a game changer for me, as you guys know, finding that my UC is probably from mold toxicity. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But let's go through all the reasons for IBD. And I found this little, it was a cute little Meme's not the word. What's the word? It was a post from Crohn's Colitis Lifestyle. So I do have to credit them. And they had all these little pictures saying the 10 causes of IBD. And then I looked it up myself and I couldn't find anything better. Honestly, I was looking all over the place and it was a lot of BS stuff that certain companies were putting out. So I thought I would use this as my outline. Let's start number one, antibiotic use. This one is a big one. If you're like me, if you are a Gen X and you were born in the 70s or 80s, I was born in 77. 
I was an 80s child. I remember when you went to the doctor, even for a little cold, they would constantly prescribe antibiotics. I know a lot of listeners who were, I hate to say it's a strong word, but were victims of that because we just didn't have the knowledge back then. Actually, I do think we had the knowledge. The knowledge was being ignored. (laughs) You know, that's how it goes uh, with these trends. And a lot of us in that era were constantly given antibiotics. And I have a friend who's 80, and she said it was the same thing with her. So she grew up, she was born in, gosh, I have to do the math, but she was born in the 40s. So her era is probably more the 50s. And she said it was the same thing when you went to the doctor. So as Americans, we really screwed ourselves in that way. And it wreaked havoc on our guts and our colons and the whole thing. I mean, we kept wiping out all the good bacteria. The interesting part for me is that my mom was a nurse, did not believe in a lot of antibiotics, so I was not given a lot of them. And then I was adopted from Colombia. I don't know what happened in those five months. I was an orphan, so who knows what I was given, the whole thing. And I'm constantly testing as resistant to a lot of antibiotics, even though I was hardly given them as a child and as an adult, I've hardly taken them as well. So it's very strange. I also have this teeth disorder where I have spotted teeth. So I have brown spots on my teeth. And everyone has asked me, I've gone to so many dentists and, and they always say, oh, have you, again, used a lot of antibiotics as a child? Were you given them? And I say no. So I feel like something happened in that five months where I was pumped with something. Maybe I was sick as a baby and they pumped me with something or it's just a natural resistance I have. But just know that antibiotic use is a big deal past antibiotic use. Even if you were two years old, even if you were five months, it could have wreaked havoc on your system and it's coming out now. Number two, heavy metals. According to the National Organization for Rare Disorders, the heavy metals most commonly associated with poisoning of humans are lead, mercury, arsenic, and cadmium. Heavy metal poisoning may occur as a result of industrial exposure, air or water pollution, food, medicines, improperly coated food containers, or the ingestion of lead-based paint. So I think we know that this is possible to have poisoning, but also these heavy metals can seep into our body and wreak havoc over time. So it's not the poisoning where you're dying and you call 911, right? (laughs) It's the poisoning where it just slowly over time, it is breaking down your gut. It is breaking down your lung biome. Now I've said this in two episodes prior that I think the hot topic for 2024 going into 2025 will be the lung biome, which includes the throat and the nasal passages. I think that's going to be the thing because we constantly talk about the gut biome, but you're going to discover if you're new to this in a few minutes, why the lung biome is so important and why a lot of our viral load and diseases are there, but we're going to go into that in a second. So for the heavy metal exposure, do you eat a lot of sushi? Do you eat a lot of mercury laden fish? Do you live in a highly industrial area? Do you drink water that's been compromised? Do you eat everything from plastic that's been wrapped in plastic? Do you wrap food in plastic constantly? Have you been drinking out of plastic water bottles for years? I have. 
I'll admit it. I raise my hand. I drink Fiji water. I admit it. Unfortunately, I have no idea why they put it in plastic, but they do. According to a World Wildlife Fund study, we consume a credit card's worth of plastic every week. So think about twisting the cap off a plastic water bottle alone. We all do it. (laughs) We live in a highly toxic world. I mean, unless you're living in one of these amazing blue zones, what are there, five, six around the world? That is how you live your life day in and day out. The rest of us are pretty screwed in regard to toxicity. I had read something years ago that when we leave our house, we are exposed to 70 toxins right in the air. So there you go. Number three, Lyme disease. Now, this is something I am not going to cover in my root causes series only because I'm not an expert and you can find so many great podcasts on Lyme's disease with experts. They can tell you all the stuff you need to know, but I will say that I have seen cases of people I know who have Lyme disease, tick-borne illness, and then they start to have gastrointestinal problems. They've had UC, they've had Crohn's, they've had diverticulitis, SIBO, things like that. So if you have Lyme's disease or if you're in a high Lyme area and you suspect it, first of all, go get tested. That's the first thing you need to do. Uh, You can definitely take a look at episode 43 of this podcast. That is my doctor who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, Dr. Pegg. She is a biotoxin illness specialist. So definitely take a look at her and her website. Listen to her because she knows a lot about Lyme as well. And she can also give you some good resources if you go to her website. Again, that is episode 43. Number four, this is mine, baby, mold exposure. This is where my UC or IBD originates. So listen to episode 40 of this podcast and on, and I talk about how I discovered my mold toxicity. I talk about SIRS. I have something called chronic inflammatory response syndrome. I talk about that in absolute detail. I talk about my discovery of it and how I've been dealing with it, and all the tests behind it, and working with Dr. Pegg. So that's something you might want to think about. Chronic inflammatory response syndrome is when we cannot drain toxins in our body like a normal human does. 25% of us have this gene. I have this gene. So what does that mean? That means, you know, you, let's say you're a normal person that doesn't have SIRS, you eat the ice cream sundae, and you don't care what's on it, you're eating the cherry that's infused with the with the chemical that makes it sweeter. The ice cream has all the carrageenan and the corn syrup and the alkali and all that. And you have the hot fudge, which again, all chemicals, you eat it, you're fine. Maybe you wake up, you call me the next day, you say, I have a little bit of a headache because I feel like I'm almost, you know, hung over because I've had so much sugar, but I'm fine. Have a couple glasses of water, go on my way. Here's what would happen to me is I would be in bed from that ice cream sundae for possibly two weeks to a month. I would get so sick because again, my body cannot drain those toxins. So you may have something like SIRS. And if you do, You really need to listen to, if you suspect it, guys, you really need to listen to episode 40 and on of this podcast, because I'll talk to people who have done everything right. They have 
cured everything, but they still have chronic fatigue or they still have this or they still have that. And you might want to take a look at SIRS because that's something that is just you have and the gene was turned on. And we're going to discuss turning on that gene in a second, but definitely um, that's a good thing to look at. And also mold toxicity. So this is my biotoxin illness. We figured out, Dr. Peg and I, that I was exposed to mold probably from age, since I was adopted, age five months to possibly age 18 or 22, that I spent in my parents' house. And my parents' house had a lot of mold. Every time I would go back there, I would get flu-like symptoms. I wouldn't feel right. I'd feel sick. I'd feel weird. I cleared out a basement with mold and I didn't know I had SIRS and mold toxicity, but I, this was before. And I was down for probably like three, four days, felt terrible for a week because of this. So mold toxicity is a big deal. It's not something that you're exposed to now and then you weren't exposed to before and the before doesn't matter. I'm not exposed to mold now. And I took the test showing that, but before for almost 22 years, I've had mold build up in my body. I'm 46 years old and I'm still trying to get it out. So that may be your issue. As I have worked with a specialist and done this natural protocol, I have been feeling better and better and better. The last episode I discussed, my numbers have been phenomenal. They've been just improving left and right because I'm finally taking the mold out of my body. My UC has improved so much and I'm still not there. I'm feeling good and I'm still not there. Number five, parasites. Have you again eaten sushi, eaten fish off the lake in the summer? You know, you go fishing and I know people do this. I've never done it, but they go fishing and they, they say, oh, here's the fish and even in the ocean and they make their own sushi right there, which I'm sure is delicious. But have you done that? Have you eaten raw or rare meat or been on a raw meat diet? Uh, do you swim in lakes and rivers? Have you traveled to foreign countries known for parasites? Do you drink tap water in foreign countries? I screwed myself on this. I lived in Eastern Europe for two years. I drank the tap water. I used a Brita, which was dumb. <laughs> I should have done the bottled water and my teeth all got brown. It was bad. I had to go and fix my teeth after that. And then I also got Jardia twice in my 20s, which was not fun. Jardia is extremely painful and it takes a lot to get rid of it. So I've definitely had parasites and I have two friends now who are on a major six-month parasite cleanse and they are telling me some crazy stuff of how all these things are coming out of their body and <laughs> like all these long worms and everything. So I think once I'm in a really good place for mold that I've gotten, you know, the, the red light, no, not the red light. You want to get the green light, <laughs> the green light. When my specialist turns to me and said, okay, we're now off the protocol and now we're just on to management. And this is going to be management for the rest of my life. I want to start and do a parasite cleanse like my friends. So yeah, this is a big deal. Number six, candida overgrowth. Do you consume a lot of sugar? Are you prone to yeast infections? Do you see a film all the time on your mouth, your inside of your cheeks, tongue, throat? 
Do you have a lot of vaginal yeast infections? Candida is tough to get rid of. It is really tough. It is the overgrowth of yeast in the body. With some people, it really wreaks havoc. And I've seen it with some people wreak havoc to where it starts to go outward and you start seeing things on the skin and you start seeing a lot of rosacea and things like that. And I've had rosacea too. For me, this is a tough one. I'm constantly testing a little bit high for it. I used to be a sugar fiend. If you listen to this podcast, you will find that out. I <laughs> I used to consume sugar like no one's business. I finally stopped doing that. But even though I have, I'm still testing high for it. So this is something that can definitely wreak havoc on the gut, right? It can wreak havoc on the colon if you're not having that intestinal balance and it can stop the villi from working properly in the colon and it turns into a whole thing. So definitely if that's something you suspect and then you're having gastro issues on top of it, think about getting, te- you know, think about getting tested for all these things, guys. I mean, you can go to a good one is Crohn's Colitis Lifestyle, where if you look up Dane Johnson, he's been on my podcast twice. I don't remember the episode numbers, but just look and search for him on my podcast. Crohn's Colitis Lifestyle is great. They do all this testing. It is not cheap. I just want everyone to know it is not cheap. Uh, and it is not covered by health insurance. And then, well, some of it is, I shouldn't say that some of it is because a lot of mine was. And then you can look at Dr. Peg again, you can look at my natural doctor from episode 45. She does all this testing. And you can find a natural doctor in your area if you want to do that. That's a good idea. And make sure they're doing all this testing. Make sure they're doing the organic acids test where they're testing your gut and your stomach and all that. So we're going to get into that probably in another episode. But, you know, once you get all the testing done, you realize really what's going on. Number seven, processed diet. This is obvious, guys, but just in case, do you eat the industrial seed oils such as corn, canola, rapeseed, soybean, cotton, safflower, and some sunflower oil? Search for how industrial seed oils are making us sick. It's an article by Chris Cresser, and that will tell you everything. Do you eat in restaurants a lot? Because they use these cheap oils to make their cost margins. And I understand so, and rightfully so. Restaurants hardly make money as it is a lot of the time. So of course you have to use the cheaper oils. I get it. No blame on them. But if you're eating that constantly, that's a problem. There's a restaurant I always go to in my area. It's 45 minutes from me. I've fallen in love with it. They do not use any industrial seed oils. All they cook with is butter and extra virgin olive oil, and that's it. The oils I eat are extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, butter, ghee. Those are the ones that I consume, which are healthy for us, healthy for my body. If I do consume industrial seed oils, it turns into five-day migraines, it turns into me in bed, it turns into I feel sick, my UC is flaring up, so I personally can't eat them. I have a friend who has an iron stomach. I'm so jealous of everything he can eat, but he cannot eat the corn and canola or they make him sick. So that tells you something, right? You have a normally healthy person that doesn't have UC or autoimmune or IBD and they still can't eat it. So just be careful. 
processed diet, you guys know, don't chug down the McDonald's. I think you guys know that. Packaged and canned foods, you guys know not to do. So just eat as fresh and as healthy as you can, which is so obvious, especially to these listeners coming from Natural Awakenings. You guys know this. But you know, sometimes these little things kick in, like you go to your health food store and you say, oh my God, these tortilla chips are amazing. All they are is corn and salt and canola oil. Well, that's canola oil. That's canola oil, guys. That's not great. So I eat, my big thing is I eat potato chips with avocado oil. So it's much better. I digress. You guys understand The next one is so obvious. Number eight, heavy alcohol consumption. Cut that shit out. (laughs) I have this theory that no one needs to drink alcohol past the age of 40 because it just, it doesn't do any good. If you ask anyone who's very in tune with their body, they're like, I feel miserable after I drink. Even if I have one glass of wine, even if I just go out with a friend and have, you know, a little glass of whiskey or a shot or something, I feel like shit the next day. I know people love their wine. And I love wine, guys. I love Merlot. I love, what's the other one I used to drink? Cabernet. I love it all. I love the heavy red wines. But I've given up alcohol because it's just not worth it for me. It's not. It's not worth it brain fog wise. It's not worth it waking up the next day. It's not worth it UC wise, autoimmune wise. It doesn't help my system. I'll tell you this, that when I started with Dr. Pegg, a lot of the suggestions recommended, I was really far ahead of the pack. And one of the reasons was I didn't drink any alcohol. So when I started on this mold toxicity diet, I was doing pretty well because unfortunately wine has a lot of mold. So I was really in a good place where other people, you have to get them off alcohol and everything. And it's hard because it's, I don't want to say addiction because that's just a strong word, but we love the sugar. I'm not saying you're addicted to the alcohol or you have an alcohol problem, but you're just addicted to the sugar and the taste. And oh, it's so yummy. Please, I have to stop talking about it. <laughs> but anyway, don't do the heavy alcohol consumption. That will fuck up your gut. That will mess up your intestines every single time. Number nine, toxic exposures. This is the SIRS. C-I-R-S, chronic inflammatory response syndrome that I talked about a few, what's the word, a few reasons ago. And this is biotoxin illness. Again, I discussed my whole journey with SIRS and biotoxin illness. Mine was from mold from episode 40 and on. So listen to that. It is I think you guys will find it really interesting. And I think a lot of you who are suffering will say, wow this is me. This is me. I need to get some stuff checked out. I need to see if I have SIRS. I always have to credit our wonderful listener, Shelly Apodaca K, who is in one of those SIRS episodes. Her story is incredible. She is a light to this podcast. She alerted me to SIRS and my mold toxicity and changed my life. So I just want to say that as well. Biotoxin illness is anything from Lyme's to a tick-borne illness, to mold toxicity. It's all grouped into one, to heavy metals. So again, definitely listen to episode 40 and on. Number 10, viral load. It's the amount of viruses that can be found in the human body. Examples are COVID, long COVID, Epstein-Barr, HPV, chickenpox, the flu, herpes, the common cold, Ebola, rabies, 
There's a lot. If you look it up, you go down that dark rabbit hole (laughs) of viral load. And this is something you can be tested for. And if you have a lot, it's not good. And I'll I'll tell you this, something that you guys need to know, and, and you can ask your doctor about this, your naturopath, is most of this country tests positive for Epstein-Barr. It's just a fact because we just have that virus in us because we're so exposed to toxins and all this. I don't know. I don't get really upset about the Epstein-Barr thing because so many people, I mean, most of us have it. So that's fine. Um, my staff story is, again, going back to that lung microbiome, that includes the nasal passages. I have staph, the staph bacteria, up in my nasal passages. And that is because of the mold toxicity. Because of that, that's been wreaking a lot of havoc on my body. And my goal is to get the staph out of my nasal passages. And they're called Marcons. So if you look back at my episodes, I talk about Marcons. And what I do is a series of nasal sprays to get them out of my nasal passages because those are toxins sitting in my nasal passages. So this is why the lung microbiome is going to be a hot topic and it's going to be so popular because people are going to find that these toxins are up in their nasal passages and they're going to be really surprised and that could be something that you have. So again, it's always good to get these massive tests done by a naturopath. And then the last thing I want to say is now that we've gone through all the reasons is I feel like there's always an inciting incident where you can trace back this started. You know, my UC symptoms started, my Crohn symptoms started, my SIBO, my diverticulitis symptoms started. There's always something that incites it. And for me, I've said this many times on this podcast, is I felt I've always had UC. I think genetically, I was born with it. It was something that I unfortunately was prone to. And I can think back as a child when I felt a lot of fatigue and I had some stomach issues, but nothing crazy. And then when I was in my 20s, when I was in college, I had this horrible flu that was going around. It was a stomach flu. And this had never happened to me before. I was so sick that I was sitting in the college infirmary where I was on the toilet and things were shooting out my butt. And then I had to hold on to a trash can and I was throwing up at the same time. I had never had that where it was coming out both ends. And I point to that incident because I swear that's what turned on, unfortunately, turned on the light switch for UC because I was never the same after that. Now it got worse and my major flare happened in 2021, but it just kept progressively getting worse and worse. And my gut was never the same. My stomach was never the same. My energy level was never the same. So think about that inciting incident. For example, Shelly Apodaca K, she had talked about her inciting incident as food poisoning. Now, in this podcast, I go into a lot of emotional inciting incidents. I go into my story of childhood abuse and everything like that. So there can be the emotional inciting incident, but even with that, there usually has to be something physical. And Dr. Pegg in episode 43, she talks about that. She said there's, she finds that there's always an inciting incident 
with her patients. So think about that too. That's something, if you really sit down, you meditate and you can say, oh yeah, that's the thing that did it. And then the only other thing I was going to say is I'm going to be talking about several of these root causes in the weeks to come. I do everything intuitively, so I haven't decided which ones I'm going to talk about in length. Probably I will not talk about Lyme because I'm not the expert. Again, I say go to another podcast for that. Go to Dr. Peg for that. I mean, heavy alcohol consumption. I think you guys know that. So why talk about it? And the other one is processed diet. I probably won't talk about that. I've talked about that in other episodes. You can look up UC Diet Plan on this podcast. I have maybe three episodes on that. So that's something you can you can look toward as well or listen to, not look toward, listen to as well. So yeah, the other seven ones I will be going through, which ones I think are important and what I can find the best information on. So yeah. If you have gained any knowledge, insight, or comfort from these episodes, please support the podcast by my UC ebook, my meditations, and donate. All the links are in the show notes. In my household, oh, you guys don't know this if you come from Natural Awakenings. Here we go. This is my ending. In my household, when we have a perfect shit, you know, when it slides out of your body, it's the perfect color and solidly formed. And you're so proud of yourself that you turn around on the toilet and you go, wow, we call that a green heart. And you will see if you look at the podcast cover, I have a green heart in the colon gut area. So that's why I wish everyone a green heart day.